Welcome to another episode of New Normal Podcast. If this is your first time here, thank you. My name is Andrew Mayer of DigitalDoneRight.com. Yes, I finally have a domain. This podcast is about innovation, innovating in communications and doing business on the internet. I keep changing this every time. Today, I've got a fun interview, a really exciting interview with uh, AJ Kapoor. Some of my listeners and readers of this blog, of this podcast will know um, that I worked for him uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago. He taught me to challenge the traditional thinking and the approach I had learned and adopted from many others and helped me really get into the digital communication space. Today, AJ is CEO of TouchSource, a digital signage company. Um, I'll let him give a better introduction of what that is and what that means and what they do. Um, interesting for me was in preparing for this, uh, I was looking for the digital communication angle, which is what I'm interested in talking about. And of course, their products are digital and they communicate, even though they're screens, to its users and how people come in contact with it. And he shares a few examples of how they do things and what's what's happening in this space there. Really interesting. Check the links in the show notes uh, to their site, to a couple of videos, what they're doing. Uh, it's really interesting and I, it's a really exciting uh, interview and I was so happy uh, to do that. I have promised on a previous podcast that I was going to be documenting my podcast process. Yes, that's true, uh, but you haven't seen much, but don't worry, it's coming. For those of you who follow me on social media, you'll know this uh, about this interview. I traveled to Colorado uh, and cycled, of course, a bike was included, to Lafayette, Colorado, to interview AJ. My new normal has always been about getting to talk to interesting people about what they've learned in the digital communication space. This episode totally fits that description, and I had such fun meeting with AJ outdoors at TouchSource at his office there. I appreciate taking time, his taking time with me. Enough of that, enough of me talking. Let's go. So, AJ, we're sitting out here on a park bench outside of your offices because of COVID protocols in Boulder County, I think is what it is. Um, we are allowed to be unmasked here, and I think for the audio portion of this podcast, that's probably helpful. It's great seeing you again. Um, uh, TouchSource is your business, and TouchSource as a digital signage company, um, everything links are going to be in the description of the podcast here below. But what is TouchSource, and particularly what problem does TouchSource solve? for your clients. Yeah, sure, and, and thanks so much for biking out to our uh, wonderful location here in Lafayette. Um, TouchSource is, uh, like you said, we're, our, our framework is around digital signage. Our heritage is the digital directory, and people will know it by they go into an office or a medical office or their, their hospital or their university, and they don't know where to go, and they look, and instead of those old strip listings or a faded poster, there's something digital and it's clear and it's up to date and it's changed and it changes with whatever is happening in that facility could be the day of the week or the month or anything like that. Um, we've taken that and expanded to a broader set of digital experiences. We do a lot of unique and independent art in, in lobbies. We do um, education, we've done safety, we've done briefing centers, we've done all sorts of things to use the digital canvas as a communications mechanism and medium for everything from art to information to um, 
humor in so, some cases. So what, what does that mean you're putting digital art so is that just a digital picture frame in that sense? Uh, so it can I'm, be... I'm, it's not as simple as just a picture Yeah, frame. no, it can be a couple of different things. So we have uh, partnered with an organization that works with local and independent artists around the country. And they have given us the ability to, to be their exclusive digital representation of their art. Hmm. So it's not like you go to stock, Shutterstock or any of those and you get a picture of our art or it's what's in the Apple computer that's a screensaver. This is a person's one-of-a-kind piece that we have a digital representation from and when it shows up in somebody's lobby or in their university it's only showing there at that time and it's ascribed to the local artist and some can be photography some can be abstract some do have mov motion and movement but then what we did with touch source is we overlaid in an elegant way the relevant information so we have a, mm -hmm. a building in downtown oakland and we took 13 displays that are cascading down like a staircase and the art is designed on there, but coming out of the art is tenant information, directory listings, communication, safety protocols. But you have information, and then the tenants every day are taking pictures and Instagramming themselves in front of the art of the day. And that's, that's the modern pick on all this, right? Is, is the, everybody is, is an artist themselves, or a photographer, mm -hmm. or whatever, is they have the smartphone in their hand. And, and any, many businesses will be happy and appreciate if people, passengers going by, or, or customers, clients, patients, taking a photo of their, their building, their, mm -hmm. their sign there, tagging it and stuff like that, and showing off of it. Um, are these just prestige objects for these clients? Or I mean, you mentioned there is directory information. This is really functional. Yeah, it's, it's the combination it's born, of, right? Yeah, it's the combination of form and function. So they do need to provide um, information in the lobby. Like, you know, if you walk right now, if we were to walk down the street and look for the Chinese shop, a Chinese restaurant around the corner, we would open up our phone and use Google Maps. And we're very oriented to outdoor navigation with our phones. Once you get indoor, it's very much asking for help, looking for a sign, looking mm -hmm. for clues, those types of things. That disorientation is where we come in to solve the problem. So we can set the expectations of a building right now with safety. We can do communication to the tenants. We could do directory listings. We can do wayfinding. We can do navigation. But if you're doing all that on a digital format, why not make that format a canvas? And so we add in what we call art spaces, unique art or dynamic spaces where you get slow, long form video of the maroon bells on a beautiful day behind your, your picture or your own. We have a, a customer up in the Northeast, Caremount uh, Medical. They have uh, 200 clinics and they created their own like Caremount TV rather than mm -hmm. having a television in their waiting rooms with uh, commercials playing 30% of the time their own information for patents, patients, and education and stuff like that. So it's, it's evolved from just listings and wayfinding and that to a combination of engagement and communication and all sorts of things. So what you're describing sounds to me like the digital signage experience. Yeah, it's a good way to, it's a good way to think about it. Um, you move from kind of boring information to a broader experience. I read that on a blog post on your website that was talking about the the patient or visitor experience of what they what they feel when they interact, which means they're looking at your signs when entering a building and and the the peace of mind is that yes, now I know what I need to do mm -hmm. as next instead of this 
I don't know. Google Maps is not going to help me in this complicated building right now, and I would have to try to find somebody. Um, so you're trying to improve the, the experiences through a digital signage means uh, and all that different media that's, that's capable there. And that's, I find that an interesting uh, uh, way into my storytelling around digital experiences. I hadn't thought about signs mm -hmm. in, in a nonverbal way as being a way of communicating. There's, there's no, I guess for the most part, there's no, you know, nobody's speaking to your signs or the, spine, the signs themselves. Do they have much audio? Uh, where no, they might no. That's, that's I mean, you're, a... you, you interact with them through, you know, pushing buttons and searching for information. And that's where you get sort of the bi-directional interaction. But they aren't uh, a verbal medium um, yet. They, they could be. Um, we're seeing some evolution in the industry of doing that. But they also can be really contextual. So when, when we were back in the communications industry or with a mobile phone, you, you, don't, you pick up on your contextual clues in order to provide information. The great thing about a sign is we know the exact space down to the millimeter of where this product is. And so every information is from the context of that user. I, was, I live by a facility called Rose Medical Center and I was there um, in the outpatient building and I saw a couple come in and they're non-native uh, speakers, they're Spanish speakers and they came in they were really nervous through the whole thing and very quickly they oriented themselves, they walk in, they push the bus button that says Espanol, the directory changed entirely to Spanish, they found their way and just like that sense of relief that came in. So we didn't speak to them but we knew what they needed at that time provided really clear information, allowed them to like get, I don't know what procedure they were getting, but they seemed very anxious to get there. And, and we, I mean, if we can provide a little bit of help in that disorientation, it's, it's a good benefit. Mm -hmm. That's just an amazing example there because I've run into this often and I, I talk to people that work in city organizations in Germany where I live. And mm -hmm. we have uh, in most larger cities um, at least three to four dominant languages, mm -hmm. um, and English is not one <laughs> of those. Um, so they'll, they'll be German and Turkish and Polish and Russian, depending on what part of the country, mm -hmm. more or less of, of those, and then some other, you know, less major ones along the way. And, and most always the information is, is purely in German. Mm -hmm. um, rarely is there even an English subtitle uh, for, to help people there. And some documents and brochures might be translated into these dominant languages there, but signage is is single language, mm -hmm. and because it's it's expensive if you're printing things on walls and and like you said, this you're plastering it onto the wall and it's going to hang there for the next ten years, and to do that in four different languages, one it you know visually it might not look good, right. it might might be distracting uh, in that moment there, but if you had something which had buttons like you would you just described there to say I want this in Turkish and it would immediately translate mm -hmm. all into Turkish. That's just a, such a simple example. And it's that, that long tail of languages that's, that's problematic. So in the US, it's easy to think about English or Spanish, but um, Doan County Administrative Building that's more Milwaukee, Wisconsin is, has a really large Hmong population. Hmm. So our, all the wayfinding and all the directories in their building have English, Spanish, and Hmong. <laughs> And the Hmong people can now very easily find the services that they need down to all the mapping is in Hmong. They can take it to their mobile phone and get a, a Hmong-oriented map and do all sorts of things like that. So take it means a QR code or something. QR code yeah. or SMS message. Or SMS or and they like just that. move it over there. Mm -hmm. That is the 
the new digital signage experience yeah. we've described here. Yeah. Now, the last, the last 18, 20 months or so, I think everybody in the podcast will know what we're talking about. Um, we around the world have had you know, challenges in businesses closing or opening and un being unsure how to inform employees mm -hmm. or, or suppliers or visitors or patients of certain things there. What challenges have your customers come to you with uh, that you've seen that they've asked for? Yeah, so um, here in the U.S., the information came in waves and it came frequently. Um, so if you were in Colorado or in Dallas or somewhere, almost every week there would be a different requirement on space capacity, masking requirements, you know, opening hours, what you could do, what you couldn't do. And with each requirement, there's a requirement that everything must be posted. And so the first thing that came, and, and we did a, a small webinar, we recorded a YouTube video, we put it front and center on our website, it was like, how to change your directory instantly to a communications platform and do all these, mm. these types of things. The next thing was, there was a wave of, you needed a, to do a, a liability form or a COVID safety form, do you have symptoms and do all that, uh, those things. So we started working with, uh, it's funny, you can map the hot pockets of where COVID was. So at that time, Miami was was really problematic and we worked with them so the directory could move a phone, a form that we would host for COVID entry and allow them to do uh, identification if there was an exposure and to contact mm -hmm. everyone and do all sorts of things like that. Then we partnered with companies to do space uh, uh, density analysis. So we actually have a project at the Air Force Academy um, and their gym is, we're tracking the number of people <laughs> that are going in and out for density. We did temperature sensing in some of the directories to help people in entry. And just, you know, listening to where the problems were and where they could, um, what, the, the interesting the thing that we have is when you walk into a building, usually the first thing you see is our product. Mm. And it provides um, the first point of communication of information and it can be instantly updated. And so our clients immediately gravitated to how can I use this to communicate to everyone? Before I was just trying to solve a directory or a listing problem. Now, how can I use this as a broader communication medium? And um, we have clients all across the country who you know, had told us that they were spending thousands of dollars, you know, a week in printed materials and signs and sandwich boards and just quickly moved it and started directing people to the signs where everyone would look for that current information. So the adaptability of digital signage um, is probably well suited for the changing communication paradigm that we saw. And it's still changing, right? Our, just this week, we put up new, new <laughs> we messaging. Have masks. We yeah. have masks. So the, the COVID period uh, has been good for business. Um, I, I, well, I don't think anyone would ever say it's been good for business. Um, it's, 2020 was, was difficult in a lot of different ways. Um, and the thing is, is when you, when you went home or when you started your day, I flip it, the first thing you'd worry about is, you know, your family health, then your employee health, then your facilities, then your supply chain. And then you went through this list of items. And then on top of it all, are our customers getting what they need in the product? And so that disorientation on a daily basis um, was difficult. Um, as the economy and the country is reopened, I think 
what we, we did programs where we gave free displays to first line medical providers to do communication. We did all sorts of stuff. And I think that created a positive halo for us. And business has been uh, literally exploding um, this year um, and it's sometimes difficult to keep up. But um, I think what COVID did is really emphasized, you know, like we talk about the zoomification of the world that COVID accelerated everyone getting on video. The other thing is, it really accelerated the need for instant information, digital information, and the limitations of a phone in that communication paradigm that apps aren't going to cut it. You have to be able to grab people's attention when they're in a facility and communicate them and make sure that they understand the communication. So you mentioned the, the challenges of, of dealing with the day-to-day -day business mm -hmm. and, and the adjustments there. Um, what was it like for you communicating with your, your team, your organization, uh, in the communication challenges along the way? Because I'm sure there was plenty of remote and home office, which probably wasn't so typical before. Mm -hmm. and, and then as well, communicating with your, with your customers, clients, suppliers. What, what, was, what worked really well and what maybe came up a bit shorter in the expectations? Yeah, we, we were already pretty digitally forward in our communication, right? We would use um, Zoom or then we switched to Teams or Slack. Um, you know, we'd have all sorts of communication, but the, a lot of our experience was very much based on seeing each other in the office, especially major operational questions. We'd look at our product to investigate mm. whether it looked good for you a customer. You have a physical product. Yeah, we have a physical product. Yeah. Um, uh, that changed quickly. On whatever, March 12th, whenever, whatever the date we shut down, we switched to every morning at 8 a.m. we'd meet on a video call and just assess first people, health, and then we'd go through supply chain and operations and you know all these sort of things. And we started to create this business cadence vi uh, virtually. Um, I was the first person to was back in the office on a Saturday, literally hand cleaning everything just to create a space for our assembly team to come back in on Monday and start shipping some stuff. And, you know, we, we started slowly getting people uh, back in the office. We, we realized there's a lot of power in our virtual work community and a lot of our team embraced that. Um, we saw a lot of productivity, mm. um, but then we craved like the collaboration coming back. There's nothing like being at a whiteboard. Like, you just can't replace it. There's no such thing as a virtual whiteboard experience because you you miss what what we really noticed coming back in a meeting was not people say the ability to talk over one another the the most important thing was the ability to be comfortable in silence when, when you could see somebody was thinking through an answer and didn't feel the need to interrupt them like in a zoom meeting that kind of showed we were back so we were trying to bring those elements into the communications um, paradigm that we were in with our employees trying to to just communicate daily and slowly kind of bring people back um, I think the one of the funny things is the all hands meetings were really disconnected prior for our remote employees mm -hmm. and so the COVID benefit is they felt much more like what I've heard is our remote employees are much more connected to the company than ever before because we we think about them more in our communication paradigm and I'll say that's probably uh, hopefully something that that continues as we we're conscious of where everyone is and not have everything very much place-based 
that's an interesting one that you you were finally put into their shoes and oh yeah realized like oh yeah this is not the same as being at the conference table or yeah. across the table or having coffee with each other what where do you see uh the near-term uh digital signage space heading what what challenges do you have today or what kind of requests are coming in mm -hmm. that you're still looking for solutions for yeah so i think there's a couple of things one is our industry was very much focused on a visitor experience or a patient or a student that wasn't part of the facility. There's somebody who doesn't live or work there and you're trying to help them. Now we're seeing, because of, of the need of communication that came out of COVID, the now the goal to communicate to all of the tenants and the residents and the, the teachers and stuff that are actually in the facility and we're kind of talking about this front of the sign, back of the sign. Mm. Front is for the visitors, the back is for the, and people see it in different contexts. Um, there's been a big uh, uh, sort of global hubbub around the deploying apps for people. So you'd have, a, you'd have an app for your building and your building would communicate to you, but they, they get less than 10% download and less than 10% usage on those downloads. So 1% of a population is using it, mm. but 100% walk past that sign. So. We're seeing that as a much more broad communication paradigm. We launched something during COVID called the Directory Media Network, which takes up um, slideshow space that's unused by our customers. They would opt into it and brings in sponsors to communicate. So we're working with a state in the Midwest who is launching a campaign to a lot of tech cities um, to communicate that, hey, if you're considering remote work, we're a great state to live in. And we have universities and things like that. And they can identify that all these tenants are tech workers and, and communicate that. So having a targeted communication is another thing. And then the third is just the, the changing nature of the digital canvas. We're going to be bringing a projection onto glass walls and conference rooms that have changing art. So rather than shading the conference room, it's an art experience, but it'll show the schedule. We're showing uh, e-ink displays that are low powered and solar powered. We're um, all sorts of uh, touchless touch, so where you're using um, sensor fields to detect hand gestures. All of those things sound really fun, but they could also, if you think about the different ways to communicate, can make it really interesting. So that's, you lead me right into my, my standard question I ask all my guests. Um, you just listed a whole lot of it. Yeah. What, what does innovation mean to you? You know, you, you told me you were gonna ask the question, and I still don't have the best answer. And, but I, I, it's funny, um, it's funny you mention that because my daughter is in sixth grade in middle school and she's in this school that does very different types of teaching and learning. And one of the people uh, that we're talking about, one of the people, kids, students took a unit called Innovations in Technology. And they're self-study and they're figuring it out. And so we spent an afternoon talking about what does innovation mean? And there's always, I love that when people say, you should be able to explain it to a fifth grader or a sixth grader. And ultimately, she concluded that innovation was doing better. Like, in the end, because we kept on defining these things, and she's a Star Wars freak and all sorts of stuff, and these lightsabers were better than the others, and it was innovative. And I kind of like that definition of doing better because it, it allows you to really define what the word better means. It could be better from a technology sense. It could be better from a human sense. It could be developed better from a cultural sense. But innovation is doing better than what you did previously. And it could be that product. It could be that person. It could be yourself. Um, and so 
I think it's kind of fun to think about it in the eyes of a, of a sixth grader who's far smarter than I will ever be. So <laughs> hopefully she makes me do better. Well, if she does listen to this podcast, then she'll hear that you, you took over her answer there. Oh, but... I'll steal from her for her life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen, AJ, I appreciate you allowing me to come into your business, into your part of Lafayette. I come from a town close to Lafayette, but it's in Louisiana. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's funny to be in one in Colorado here in the, in the high altitude. It's great meeting with you once again, this time in person, in which person. we think could be at least 10 years since the last time we did this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish you success, and I'll be watching what you and Touch Source is doing. Link Links to everything will be in the description below, but for that, I'd like to just say thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it.